Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello, Melissa. Hi, how are you? How are you doing? Oh, sorry. We're both like really caffeinated right now, I think. Yes. And today's just already getting off to a weird start. We both have different headphones. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have an allergy voice. It feels weird to talk. You also are starting to get allergies. Yep. It's just all weird. So if we sound different, it's probably a combination of allergies and our headphone situation because we can't hear ourselves like we normally do. We're definitely on the same page today. I feel like my eyes are kind of not opening all the way normally because of allergies. So it's just going to be one of those days. Yeah. And speaking of eyes, if anybody ever watches our video clips that we put on Instagram and Twitter and things, uh, this is the last one you'll see with me in glasses, unless I'm wearing like some blue light glasses or something, but I didn't even mean to do this, but I ended up ordering blue light glasses and then realized how similar they look to the ones that you have. Let me see. Oh, I love them. Isn't that so funny? Now I'm sad that I'm getting rid of mine. I know we could look like <laughs> twins. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that these are so similar to Alyssa's, but that is hilarious. Anyways, I can only wear them for so long. They kind of make me feel disoriented. Oh, weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to get LASIK tomorrow. And I can't wait. I have a cat hair somewhere on my face right now. <laughs> but so excited for that. So we have good things going Yay. on. We have weird allergies, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. Yes. And I think today's episode hopefully will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard anyone else make uh, an episode or a blog post even really about this. So we are going to go through the typical day of a deliverability uh, specialist, expert, whatever you want to call it, consultant. And I think hopefully it'll be eye-opening to you and maybe you'll learn some things about our processes that you can actually take with you and your um, strategy. I'm just going to send this episode to all friends and family who are like, hey, so what do you do? Because it, <laughs> I've tried to create like a little like pitch about what I do and I still struggle with how to explain it to people. I always feel like I'm making up something that doesn't exist. I know. I think my family thinks I yeah have like a fake job uh-huh. or something because they're like, what are you talking about? Or like I've said before on this podcast, my dad will just send me screenshots of every single spam email he gets. And I'm like, I hope you know I can't do anything about that really. It's not on our platform, but mm-hmm. thank you for sending me a screenshot. So yeah, I will definitely be sending this episode to my family, just like you said. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I um. What do you think the most common like response is when uh, you tell someone what you do? Like, because I have one in mind that people normally respond with, but I just wondered if you get the same thing. Interesting. And I already know what you're going to say because okay. you said it before to me, but um, I feel like I change the way I describe my job based on who I'm talking to, which maybe that's, I don't know. I just, okay, uh, yeah, I don't, there are some people I could get probably really technical with about it. And there are some others where I'm just like, I make sure emails go to the inbox and not the spam folder kind of thing. Yeah. Usually I don't get a lot of response. I get kind of a glazed over look. (laughs) They're like, oh, cool. Interesting. Like I had no idea that kind of job existed. I'm like, yeah, I know. I barely did either. So what do you get? 
mine is, uh, oh, so you're the reason that I have so many emails. And Mm -hmm. basically what people are saying is like, oh, you're the spam that goes to my inbox. I'm like, actually, that would be the opposite of what I do. Yeah, exactly. I stop it. But it's hard to explain. Yeah, I've heard other people in the industry say they explain, I help the emails that you want to receive get to your inbox and the emails that are spam not even, you know, get delivered because we don't allow them to be sent. So that's kind of kind of an explanation, but yeah. oh, I I might have said this before on this podcast. I don't know, but I think it's kind of funny. I've explained to my grandparents what I do a few times and I thought they kind of got it. And then one day my sister went to lunch with my grandma and I think they went to like Olive Garden <laughs> in Kentucky. And you know, like, I don't know why Olive Garden is doing this. I haven't been there in forever, but they now have these like weird screens on every table with ads on them about like breadsticks or something. Interesting. And my grandma pointed at that digital ad and was like, that's what Alyssa does. Oh yeah. For her job. And I'm like, she thinks I put screens on Olive Garden tables. I don't know. Oh my God. That is too funny. I should ask my grandparents and see if they even have any idea what I do. That would be pretty funny. And I can report back because the answers might be comical. Oh, I'm sure. Please tell us. Yeah. So one thing before we get started to point out is that we're going to be talking about like our day-to-day lives, but it's very possible that our daily work looks nothing like another deliverability specialist's work because, first of all, there aren't very many deliverability specialists or experts out there. Um, But for those who are out there, everyone's jobs are so different. Um, Some people are just consultants and they work freelance. Some people work for like companies um, specifically. So like maybe one brand or one large company or sender will have their own in-house deliverability expert that only works on their emails. And then some are like us and maybe work for an ESP. So the people who are sending emails, but even then uh, deliverability jobs at ESPs can look so different. Some are actually more engineering focused and super technical Some are more consulting-based where you're just talking to people all day, maybe selling services and um, consulting. And, you know, I think ours is like a weird kind of hybrid of support and education and Mm -hmm. content and technical. So you just really never know uh, what a deliverability person's job actually looks like. We can only speak to ours. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, Alyssa, you have way more experience in this niche than I do just based on other companies that you've worked for. So you've been able to have like a little bit more of an insight than, than I really do. But I mean, before working at ConvertKit, like I didn't even know this job existed. So I'm sure that a lot of people feel that way. They probably are like, what, what is that? (laughs) Yes, definitely. It's a weird job. And I know even like I've had people at our company, like on the support team reach out and be like, what do you do? Like, what do you do all day? And I'm like, I promise there's a ton of work to do. I hope they don't think I'm just sitting here like making up the term (laughs) deliverability. There's a lot. So we're going to go through it all. Um, We'll each kind of go through our day. We're not going to obviously get too in the weeds, but um, just a brief overview so that you can understand like what someone who does deliverability for a living is paying attention to. Mm -hmm. What do we care about? Because there's a good chance that means maybe it's something you should care about on your end if um, it's something that overlaps. I also think that we've been trying to really focus um, on education at ConvertKit when it comes to deliverability. And so hopefully it will help kind of give an idea as to what we're doing, like our team is doing on our end to help senders at ConvertKit. Because I think that's something that 
is kind of like behind the curtains a little bit. Obviously, there's only so much we can share um, from like a technical aspect with all of that. But I do think that like being able to provide some insight as to what we're doing, like kind of around the clock to help senders is is really fun to talk about. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that probably is going to be the biggest takeaway from this mm-hmm. episode is just for us to let you have a peek behind the curtain because I don't really know why or where this started, but I will say like a lot of ESPs keep the inner workings of their deliverability team or, you know, what they're doing all day kind of just hush, hush. Yeah. Hush, hush. Um, like they don't want to reveal any secrets, but we don't feel that way. (laughs) We want to be transparent and we're totally fine with sharing our stats and our numbers. And we'll talk about all that, but also just like, what do we do all day? What are we focused on and how are we serving customers? Yay. So yeah, here we go. I'll go through, um, a little bit of my typical day. And I say typical in air quotes because uh, I don't know if you feel this way, Melissa, but for me, it feels like every day can be totally different, Mm -hmm. like extremely different because just the nature of our work, like fires do pop up. So you might have a plan to do something one day and you come into work and you're like, nope, not going to do any of my planned work today because we got to solve this problem. So definitely we can talk about some potential fires that come up too, but I'll go through like a typical day. So first, as probably most people do these days, I start off my day usually with Slack and I usually start it with at least a few unread messages already to go ahead and look into. Probably for me. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, um, sometimes just others on the deliverability team who I love and they're wonderful, but you know, things happen while I sleep. Unfortunately, that is one thing I've had to explain to family and friends or my husband. I'm like having a hard time turning work off. I'm like, you don't understand. Like your place of work closes. It has operating hours. Mm-hmm. Or for my husband, like you tour manage concerts, which is very stressful, but also like there are times when no concerts are happening. Mm-hmm. You and I, we don't have any time in our life where Work is closed. Yeah. Yeah. Emails are sending right now thousands, you know, over a billion each month while we sleep. Emails are sent. So it's really hard to honestly be present. Um, Maybe we should have another episode on like mental health for people who do this job because it is really, really hard to turn off. So all that to say, slacks do come in while I sleep. So usually I, I start my day just kind of answering those, going through all of it. Hopefully they're just quick responses and I can get to my other planned work. I also start my day with my email inbox, of course. But luckily with the way we do things at ConvertKit, we actually use Slack for pretty much all internal communications. So I don't typically open my inbox and see a lot of messages from coworkers or things like that. It's usually um, more like automated emails, educational emails um, in the deliverability world people who do this job are usually in some different like email listservs. I would say not typically super helpful information in there for me, but anyways, I get a lot of notifications from that. So sometimes I do have some customers who reach out to me directly and email me directly. So I might have some emails in there from them and we go back and forth about usually them coming over to ConvertKit from another ESP and they have a really large list and they just need some extra help getting set up or a really large customer that I've just worked with for months and months and months and we kind of are doing regular check-ins. Once I'm out of like Slack and inbox world, 
I always am monitoring our system-wide delivery stats, and that's one of the first things I check in on in the morning. If you're wondering what that looks like, I publish those numbers monthly in our monthly deliverability reports. And you can find all of those if you go to convertkit.com slash blog. Uh, If you scroll through there, you're going to see some deliverability reports. You can also go to convertkit.com slash deliverability, and we have a link to the latest one there. So yeah, we're very transparent about that. So whenever I am looking at our, our monitoring stats, the numbers I look at, I'm looking at our delivery rates and I'm making sure they look healthy system-wide. I'm going to want those to be over 99.6 or 7. Obviously, that fluctuates here and there. But yeah, I'm going to make sure everything looks okay. Um, I can look at that across different mailbox providers. So I can make sure all the mailbox providers have that healthy rate. And no one is you know, dipping lower than usual. I can also see which of our customers have uh, contributed to the highest number of bounces. And I usually dive into that and just make sure there's no customer kind of struggling with a high number of bounces or unfortunately something we have to deal with, um, spammers. So that's probably the biggest thing I look at on that dashboard that I check in on in the mornings and then check in on throughout the day just to be sure everything's looking good and emails are getting delivered as expected. A lot of work goes into planning and creating content. So uh, this podcast takes up a lot of time. Obviously, we love it. But not only are we recording these episodes, we write a blog post for each episode. We create lots of social media content for each episode and promote it through our newsletter and social. So just lots of work that goes into that, plus the monthly deliverability reports and other sort of like educational content that we put out. Also, haven't got to meetings yet, but usually there are lots of meetings. Another thing we do at ConvertKit is no meetings on Tuesdays or Fridays. So those are wonderful days of lots of focused work. But that means Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are usually full of meetings. Yeah, it's actually really hard to get anything else done outside of meetings on those days. Just usually two or three hours left over for other kinds of work. Mm -hmm. But those meetings are typically like deliverability team meetings or other internal meetings focused on either fighting spam, helping with deliverability, or larger company kinds of meetings Mm -hmm. like marketing and product and just uh, knowing what we're all doing Mm because we're all doing so much work uh, making sure that we're aligned. Okay, only a couple more things here. So answering customer tickets, obviously Melissa and Akash and other people on our team do most of that, but I have been hopping into the queue uh, more lately just to make sure our um, approvals tickets are going answered. So in case you don't know what that means, for some new accounts that come in, um, they do need to get approved just to make sure that we're a good fit for them, they're a good fit for us, and helps keep our sender reputation healthy. Um, If an account gets approved, that does not mean we think they are (laughs) a spammer or anything like that. It just means that we want to take a look real quick before we allow them to start sending emails. And it's mutually beneficial kind of process, but we definitely don't want people to sit too long with their sending suspended. It's just not a great, obviously, experience. So I definitely will hop in there and answer some of those tickets pretty much every day. And then any escalated deliverability tickets are just tricky ones. I feel like that's what we see most is just like, this is a weird, (laughs) strange question. Mm -hmm. As hopefully you've heard in this podcast, like deliverability we kind of stay a little more, honestly, kind of surface level. Mm -hmm. 
it goes deep. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes we have some really strange technical questions, and I feel like those are more of the, the kinds of tickets I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Okay, last one I have here, which is uh, one of my favorite things we do, is writing up like internal pitches for product mm-hmm. improvements or ideas for stopping spam or improving deliverability. So uh, that's one of my favorite things about this job. And one thing that I struggled with in previous deliverability jobs is I personally don't uh, like to do jobs where I'm just kind of like doing the daily work and not moving things forward. Mm -hmm. Obviously with this, you know, in the deliverability world, we're serving customers, there's emails, like there is going to be a lot of daily work to do that can feel really repetitive. But I love the fact that at ConvertKit, we have the ability to do a lot of other stuff that Mm -hmm. actually really... um, can move the company forward in a big way. We can make pitches to product improvements Mm -hmm. or the way we do things or internal processes. And we have such a small, fast, amazing team that things can change so quickly and we can improve things so quickly. So I love that Uh, Melissa just made her first pitch in Basecamp is what we use. And it was amazing. And I'm sure it's going to get put into action by our product team. So that's some of my favorite kind of work that we do. Definitely. Do you want to go through your typical day? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that uh, a little bit on a smaller scale, mine's somewhat similar. I um, definitely am working a little bit more closely day to day with customers. I'm also helping our product specialists who are amazing help respond to customers. So sometimes I won't be directly like writing a response back to a customer, but I'll be writing a response to our product specialist to help them relay the information Um, just because there's a lot of other things that I'm doing too. So they're typically helping me basically respond to a lot of different people at once. And so that's kind of a great way for me to watch trends and see if there's anything going on that's like a larger issue. Um, I would say relatively often they're just they're one off like questions and which I love I love helping customers with education and learning more about what they can do to improve their deliverability you know I see a lot of questions I think I've said this before on other episodes that one of the most common is um I just tested my email and it went to spam what do I do so those are kinds of the kinds of questions I see often and I really enjoy the educational aspect of deliverability that's something that I think kind of hooked me initially was like that part of it. So that's kind of how I start my morning is just checking in to see if there's anything that needs like immediate attention. Um, And then I also do the same thing as Alyssa and I check in on Slack, make sure, you know, there's not any large announcements going on I need to pay attention to and just kind of catching up in the morning. Uh, We have team members who work in different time zones. So sometimes we'll, you know, like Alyssa said, while we sleep, there's things happening. So try to catch up on those things. And then I do a lot of compliance uh, work, which basically is just helping prevent spam and making sure that we are helping people be the best senders they can be because that affects our sender reputation and theirs. Um, So we're always monitoring our systems and making sure that we have good processes in place so that we are able to, um, you know, catch anything that's not good or make sure we reach out to customers if they are having issues and be proactive. So yeah, just kind of like monitoring those backend things. And then kind of what's all new to me more recently, my roles changed a little bit. 
is being more involved in meetings and learning how to pitch certain things for for products or processes that can change, uh, which has been a really fun addition to what I did previously. And I love I love working for a company like ConvertKit that is small enough to take your ideas and really like make an impact and listen to what you have to say. But also, like you said, Alyssa, it's quick moving and we make, we turn our ideas into action, which I love. So that's been like a really fun addition to my role um, has been being more involved in kind of those conversations. And I think deliverability is actually a really cool role because, or being a deliverability specialist or expert is a cool role because even though working kind of in like the customer facing side can be tricky and you always want to feel like you're supporting customers well, and you want to make sure that you're understanding and empathetic because this is their livelihood and their business. The day-to-day can actually be quite different, which I really enjoy. So I like seeing different kinds of questions and it really challenges me to think outside the box and kind of focus on what things we can add as far as education goes to make sure that we have enough resources to help our customers be successful when it comes to deliverability. And so that's kind of like, I guess I didn't go necessarily in a list form as well as I should, but those are the things kind of outside of the daily work that I really enjoy. No, that was perfect. Super insightful. And listening to you talk about it, it reminded me that I don't know if a lot of customers know that just kind of like how email works and why our job is needed to make sure their emails go to the inbox. So if you're listening to this and you're just still a little confused, it's important to know that whenever you send out your emails, they don't just immediately go straight to the mailbox of your subscribers. We kind of think of it that way. You know, we send an email, even if it's in your own, you know, like Gmail account or whatever, you click that nice little send button and it feels like it's just an instant thing that happens and the subscriber gets the email and uh, it's like a one step process. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's so complicated. And I think a lot of us don't know that because we've used email for so long and it mostly works pretty well, but it's, there's a lot happening. So whenever you click that send button, a conversation opens up between your computer server or your mailbox's server and the receiving server. So if I'm sending an email to Melissa, my email server starts talking to her email server and the, they kind of go back and forth. They're like, I want to send a message. Okay. Here's who I'm sending it to. Okay. That's a real address. Here's who I'm sending it from. Okay. I like that address. And it's like, here's mm-hmm. a message. It goes back and forth, back and forth. And it, there are lots of different times in those steps where the message can bounce. Something can go wrong. Also for people who have really strict mailbox settings, like if you're using a business address or a school address or government address, there's also firewalls and spam filters involved, oftentimes that intercept the message in delivery and check it and maybe click some links and you know do their own analysis on it. Mm-hmm. And then they send it back to the original person. So there is a lot happening each time an email gets sent, and there are a lot of different parties involved. So part of Melissa and I's job is being kind of like the middle person Mm -hmm. and having relationships with the mailbox providers, the receivers. And if anything does go wrong, first, obviously, kind of like translating to the customer what's happening, what is potentially going wrong, if they can fix it, how they can fix it. But if it's something on the 
receiver side, we go to them mm-hmm. and either fill out a form or reach out to them directly and say, you know, here's what's going on. Here's who we are. And can we get this resolved or can we get your help? Mm-hmm. So that's another part of our job. And things can pop up that are more like, you know, fires or things we need to solve. And sometimes it does involve us reaching out to spam filters or block lists or uh, mailbox providers and trying to help get things resolved for customers. Yeah, I think that's kind of the part about just sending like through an ESP and especially like, obviously I'm biased because I work at ConvertKit, but we really do want to help bridge that gap between being a sender and having like, you know, you're, you're most likely running a business, whether that's all online, or maybe you have like a brick and mortar store and you have um, an online store or whatever it is, like you're, you're running something, you're running a business. You don't necessarily as a sender need to know the ins and outs of deliverability, but unfortunately people are typically introduced to deliverability when they have a problem. And that can be really overwhelming and stressful and when you have products that need to be delivered to people, the last thing you want to see is a really low open rate or a bounce. And so I think that's where kind of like the empathy and the translating kind of the the lingo and the deliverability, you know, like behind the curtain to customers really comes in. So even though we kind of provide a lot of information on this podcast to a wide range of like an audience some of you might be senders. Some of you might already be in a deliverability role yourself at another company. I think that's what's kind of cool about this role is that it really is a lot of education and just helping bridge that gap so that our busy customers don't have to feel like they have to basically take like a course on how to be a sender mm-hmm. because they have other things to do. So the, our job is to make their lives easier. Yes. I love that so much. That's when I feel like we're doing a good job is We give people what they absolutely must know. Hopefully, we make it easy for them to find that information Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be deliverability experts on their own. If they want to be, we're happy to help. But yeah, yeah. we're not stopping you, but we know you're busy. (laughs) Yeah. So you're very busy, probably. A lot of people who use ConvertKit um, specifically are, you know, a team of one and they're doing so many different jobs. So you don't need to add deliverability specialists to that if you don't have to. One thing I want to cover in case there is anyone listening who's like, oh, I might want to do this job Mm -hmm. because honestly, it's a great job. That's also something I have said to Melissa a lot and I'll brag on her in a second. But what's cool about being a deliverability specialist is that it's a weird, rare (laughs) job and people really do need them a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I see deliverability jobs open constantly. Just saw another one on Twitter that someone tweeted about so I think there is not there are not enough people to fill the roles. They are pretty, I would say, like comfortable jobs, pay well, mm-hmm. and good benefits and things like that. And fun, like it's fun to investigate things and stop spam and uh, help people reach the inbox and see the impact it has on their business. So if you're someone looking for a new role or opportunity, I do think it's it's a good one mm-hmm. um, for people to look into. So you might be wondering, well, what makes a good deliverability specialist? How do I know if I'm a good fit? And I can talk about this through the lens of Melissa because she was um, on our product specialist team at ConvertKit doing more of like general support, but also, you know, she had a lot of expertise and knowledge of the, the product. And she 
expressed interest in deliverability to me when I joined ConvertKit. And I was really excited for her to join the team because she has all of these traits that are actually really hard to find (laughs) in people. And so if you're listening, this is what they are. So if you're a deliverability specialist, you need to be able to look at things from a technical lens, an analytical lens, look at data, look at trends, and kind of have that part of your brain and skill set that you enjoy. So you like digging into problems and taking a yeah, an analytical look at it. But also, you have to be able to not let the trends distract you, which I've seen happen a lot for people who are really good at the analytical part. They get held back by it also. Mm. So for example, you might, as a deliverability specialist, you might see three tickets come in back to back about the same issue. Let's say, I don't even know. Let's say three people write in and they all had a bounced subscribers with Hotmail addresses. And the cause was a specific thing. And then you get a fourth ticket about a bounced Outlook subscriber in deliverability, you can't make assumptions. You Mm -hmm. can't be like, oh, well, I just saw three tickets about this. I think it's this other thing because there's a good chance it's something totally different. So you kind of have to like know the trends, know the analytics, but also be able to set them aside and look at every single situation with fresh eyes, which I have found some people have a really hard time with. But also you have to be really good at communication and education and empathy and all these soft skills that we've talked about. So all of that is kind of a strange package of like mixture. <laughs> yeah. Of skills. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's hard to find the right candidate for a deliverability role. So that's when I saw Melissa handling these really tough, like tricky deliverability situations. And she was able to dig in and investigate and find the problem, but then explain that really tricky problem to the customer in an understandable way. I was like, okay, we got ourselves a deliverability guru. That's so nice. (laughs) So nice. It's true. Well, it's, it's actually funny. Um, I think that there's actually a lot of people that I went to school with, like in college or that I'm friends with now who, you know, I think that we all kind of grow up thinking we need to know kind of what we want to do, but there's, there's a lot of people out there, um, me included, who I had this interest in tech. I had this interest in science, but I didn't see myself like thriving in just one kind of environment. And so, you know, without getting into like my whole personal story of finding the right job, um, that really was like a huge like exciting thing for me to find something that did include this like technical lens and those soft skills. Cause I, um, I actually, for any of you who want to know or care, I got my, my bachelor's degree in communications and it's a very general degree. You hear people doing all kinds of things, being in journalism or, you know, whatever it was. And I had started off as a biology major for like three years. And so it was a very weird transition And there's really not anyone there to tell you like, hey, deliverability would be a great role for you. So the fact that I found it was amazing. Alyssa has been a wonderful mentor, super encouraging, helped me learn, given me resources. I'm incredibly thankful for this opportunity. But truly, it is one of those careers that I can see myself being able to do a lot of things. I think part of that's just being at the company that that we're at and being given the option to have a voice and so that part of it is a little bit 
like I said, a little bit biased maybe, but overall, um, it's really interesting being able to work from that technical lens and also be able to have the use of the soft skills. And I, I really enjoy my job. I love helping hey. people and it's just been like the best experience and it was worth the wait. I mean, it took a long time for me to figure out where I kind of wanted to be and what I wanted to do. So uh, if you're out there and you feel a little lost or you're not sure, just keep trying because eventually you will find the right thing for you and maybe it's a deliverability expert. Oh my gosh. Yes. Maybe we're going to get someone to look into this. Yeah. That would be so fun. If you do, let us know. Yes, please. And you know, we're happy to help share some info. But yeah, just to provide even more encouragement, I was in a very similar spot. Like I, like you, you know, I changed my major at least three times. Mm-hmm. I started off uh, in an engineering you know, major in pre-med, really wanted to be a doctor. Still, sometimes I'm like, should I go into medical school? Which my friends and family medicine say, don't do it. Props to you. I could never do it. I hate (laughs) needles. So I don't know why I still have a love for the medical field, but um, I think then I switched to nursing and then I switched to math and I ended up with a math degree and a psychology minor. Anyways, it feels like a million years ago, which is (laughs) crazy. It wasn't, but, um, so I was a high school math teacher and absolutely hated it. Sorry for any teachers. I love teachers. A lot of my best friends are teachers, but I was miserable. Honestly, it might've been the school I was at or whatever, but I was just not fulfilled. I felt like, I felt like I spent so much time and money, which I did, on a career that I hated and I felt so lost. I was like, what do I do now? And that's when I found deliverability. It was so crazy. There was an open role at a company in Nashville called Emma. And I didn't know what deliverability was, but I read the job description and I was like, huh, I think I have most of those things that they're asking for. And I luckily got the job. So here we are. And I, it's like the best decision I ever made. I know. And thank goodness that you did because yeah, because you're very good at what you do. Oh, thank you. I'm also just so much happier. And this job is way more suited to me and what I wanted. So anyways, if you are in a place where you feel really stuck, it might not be deliverability, (laughs) even though we're pushing you towards that, but just know there is hope. Keep looking. Mm -hmm. And if you see a job that you like, uh, and you fit like most of the qualifications or even like some, go for it. Studies show that women and minorities usually look at job descriptions and will only apply if they fit 100% of everything there. But anyways, that was something I learned that pushed me to just apply for things and go for it and believe in yourself. We really took a turn here, but. (laughs) I think that's probably like another question I get often. It's like, well, how did you end up in that role? So I think it's kind of an interesting segue. Yeah, I think so too, especially when it's a job that's this weird. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we, there's still so much that we both do that we didn't even cover because there's too much. We didn't even talk really about fighting spam that much, but that's another large part of our job is stopping those spammers, Mm -hmm. going to conferences. Can't wait until we can do that in person. Oh, I hope. I think this fall, maybe, Melissa and I will meet for the first time at our company retreat. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And then hopefully we can also go to a MOG conference, which is a mm-hmm. an anti-abuse conference, which is amazing. And that's in the fall, too. I think it's in Toronto. So we'll see if they have it. Mm. But 
yeah, that's kind of, that's exciting. Can't wait. Fingers crossed. I know. I know. Okay. I hope that this was helpful at all uh, <laughs> and gave you some insight into what in the world we actually do all day and what a deliverability person does, or at least some deliverability people. Yeah. We hope that helped. I hope it wasn't super boring. <laughs> I hope that it provides a little bit of insight as to what is like, if you are a sender and you, if you are at ConvertKit and you are one of our customers that hopefully gives you just a little bit of like a peek behind the curtain to what the deliverability team does and how we really do care and work really hard to try to make sure that we're putting out enough information and education to help when it comes to deliverability and that we're always watching and making sure that we have a healthy reputation as a, as a sender as well. So that in turn, you know, all of our great senders, customers at ConvertKit also do. So I think that that's just an aspect of kind of the behind the scenes that isn't really talked about a lot that I kind of wish we could broadcast to people sometimes because uh, Alyssa and I and Akash are very passionate about helping people learn more about deliverability. So yeah, ConvertKit is working hard to make sure that your messages are going to where they need to go. Yes, for sure. We care about it a lot. We're here working in the background for you and you don't know it, but that's kind of by design. Yeah. It's good that you don't know it. It's good that things are just going smoothly and you don't even know we're here. Mm -hmm. And then if you do need help, you know, we will be here. So good point. Yep. Perfect way to end the show. I hope you all have a great week. Uh, Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and stay tuned for next week. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.